Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So, if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people, just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So, if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll put it all together for you. So, let's get started. And hey, if you're on Twitter, you can find us at Eternity Bible Study Podcast uh, on Twitter. And we have a link just below uh, our page where you can click on it. And if you'd like to leave us a voice message to us uh, about your comments about the podcast or about the study, or about your thoughts on the scripture and what it means to you, we'd love to have you uh, send us um, a voice message. And we'd love to try to uh, put it uh, in the podcast if we could. So, uh, that being said, we'll get started. We are in a really cool, um, part of Isaiah now. We've been talking about Jesus Christ. We've been talking about the gospel message. We've been looking in chapter 53 at Jesus' time on the cross from the viewpoint of, of the Lord Jesus, from the viewpoint of the Father in heaven. And then in chapter 54, we were looking at uh, the meaning of that time on the cross from the viewpoint of the Father in heaven. These are just just incredible insights that we don't even get in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the in the New Testament. It's interesting that we get the deeper, um, some of the deeper um, insights uh, in the book of Isaiah, 700 years before it even occurred. Amazing, amazing uh, prophecies here. And now uh, we come to chapter 55, and chapter 55 looks at the word itself i you know when you look at it, it it's a study of the word of god itself from the vantage point of the word of god a lot of times we see the vantage point of the word of god in in jesus christ well how he how he gave the word of god out and then we see it from the vantage point sometimes of the uh, apostles as they took that word out um in the new testament like with the like with Paul and what he did to the Gentiles and things, but this is the Word of God, almost from the Word of God's perspective, and it's really interesting. So let's jump right in and, and take a look. Verse fifty-five, uh, excuse me, chapter fifty-five, verse one. Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and he who has no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. So right off the bat, 
chapter 55 starts with an invitation. This is an invitation to the Word of God. This is an invitation to the Gospel message. This is an invitation to what just happened on the cross. You can't read chapter 53 and be the same person when you see what Jesus went through. You just can't and not be affected by what He did. Chapter 54 is saying the what just happened indicates how deeply my love is for you and my covenant of peace that I give to you will never be moved and the compassion on you is something that will never be shaken so the mountains may depart but my love my covenant my compassion <clears throat> will be on you so in chapter 55 <clears throat> he's saying this is just what i this is just what i did for you this is the meaning of it all this is where it comes from and now he's saying i want you to have it <clears throat> and he's inviting everyone it's an invitation it's an invitation to everyone. This is Jew. This is Gentile. This is all nations. Men, women, all races, rich, poor. This is everyone. This is inclusive. How often today are the politics divisive? Are the, the nation, national uh, leaders divisive? Are the... Um, people so critical of one another um it's it's interesting and people say god's message is old-fashioned but look god's message is the only message today that calls everybody from every nation every nationality no matter who you are god's message is calling everyone and it makes no distinction between the rich the poor the uneducated or the educated the meek or the powerful it calls everyone and everyone who thirsts come to the waters and it's talking about three different kinds of drink it's talking about water it's talking about wine and it's talking about milk and it's saying, he who has no money, come by and eat. This invitation is to people without money, without price. The money and the price is irrelevant at this point. Why? Because Jesus Christ has already paid the price. Jesus Christ has already laid down his life. And we saw this back in chapter 53. This is an application of chapter 53. This is the word of God as an application. So Come. You don't need money. All you have to be is thirsty. And what is thirst? And as McGee was pointing out, thirst is anyone who's dissatisfied with this life, the things of this life. Now, if you're satisfied, you say, well, you know what? I'm okay. I don't need, I'm not thirsty. I don't need to come. Thanks a lot for the invitation, but I'm okay. That person is not thirsty but if you're a person to the people who are thirsty and they look around at this life and they want more from this life that's a spiritual thirst 
they may have it deep down inside. They may feel like, okay, is this all life has to offer me? That's a thirst. Or I'm just, I feel like this is as good as it gets and I don't feel like life is going to get any better. That's a thirst. Anyone who wants more from this life, anyone who wants to to uh, feel like life has more to offer, that's a thirst. That's a thirst deep down in your soul. You were created for this thirst. You were created for the Word of God, to, to have the Word of God, to have a relationship with God. And so by nature, <coughs> if we thirst, if we hunger for more, <clears throat> that is yearning for what you were created to have in the first place. And the waters and the wine and the milk, those are three different things you can have to drink from. And as McGee's pointing out, water is... <clears throat> It's not water, it's waters. So that's a plural. And that, as McGee points out, is reform is referring to the abundance of water. That is referring to uh, the fountain of water. It's a it is referring to overflowing water. As in cup runneth over type water. Jesus has been described as the fountain of life or the abundance of water. <clears throat> He's like a reed growing in the parched, dry earth. He is the source of water. He has been described to the Samaritan woman as living water. So this is um, a description of the Word of God being waters, it's waters of life. It's it, it it sustains you. Without water, there can be no life at all. We are sixty percent made of water, and without the waters, nothing can grow. Without the waters, nothing can be blessed. Without the rain, man will die. So the fountain of all waters is Christ. The source of all life is Christ. The, the, the thing that will quench all thirst is the Word of God, is Christ. We think we are too busy and too developed for water. Well, after a while, if you don't have water, you will die. You just can't live without water. So, sooner or later, all people need water. But those who are thirsty come to the waters, come to the abundance that we see in the fountain of Christ. And you don't need to purchase it with anything. You buy it without money. The price has been paid by Jesus Christ. And come by wine and milk. Wine is a drink of the joyful soul. Wine is, is, is taken at a at a point where there's joy and there's a feeling of blessing. And that's also the gospel message. The gospel message saves you like water saves you. It is abundance. It is life. But also the gospel is joy. It is joy to those who are thirsty for joy. 
for those people who feel like their life is depressed or their life is without joy at all or there's no source of happiness. The gospel message to them is joy. It is the only source of happiness. Why? It is the only source of, of uh, salvation. Our God is a God of joy. As we said in the first psalm, is blessed be the man, the happy man. Blessed, the word blessed comes from the beatus, which means joy. The only joy that we have in this world comes from the Word of God. Without the Word of God, there is no love in this world. So, for God so loved this world that He gave His only begotten Son. Because of the love of Jesus Christ, because of Jesus Christ's mercy, we have joy in this world. And even the atheists benefit from God's love being in this world because it's the Judeo-Christian ethic. It is this, <clears throat> whether you realize it or not, the impact of Christianity on the world is undeniable. It has had an effect on all civilization. This strong Judeo-Christian ethic has shown people the value of forgiveness, the value of mercy. That brings joy to the hearts of man. And then the other drink is milk. Milk is a drink for babies to drink. It sustains us. It, it has been described as spiritual milk when we see the Word of God, when we read the Word of God, when we let the Holy Spirit help us to grow. Milk is something that helps sustain us in growth in maturity. So we have three different kinds of drinks that the gospel message, <clears throat> from the viewpoint of the gospel message, brings to mankind, brings to a thirsty man, brings to someone who thirsts for more in life. They want life itself. They are facing death. They want life itself, itself with abundance. They feel like they don't have abundance. Or they want joy in their life. Or they want to grow in their maturity, in their spiritual maturity. That's what the gospel message is. That's what the gospel message brings. It's an open invitation to all. Paid by Jesus Christ. Verse 2, why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy. And he's saying, why would you not want the gospel message in your life? Why would you not want <clears throat> satisfaction that comes from this spiritual message? For things that never satisfy. Listen diligent to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. God wants you to be full and satisfied in the best food, and that is his gospel message of love. Eat what is good. For those of you who thirst, focus on what is good for you. Verse 3, incline your ear and come to me and hear that your soul may live, that I will make you with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. In other words, he's saying, listen to the gospel message. I've given you the gospel message. I will give you this gospel message. It is my word of salvation to you. And he says, come to me. In other words, repent from your way and come to my way. Again, this is an illustration of what the gospel message from the vantage point of the gospel message is saying to us. 
Hear me. Come to me. Hear that your soul may live. If you don't hear this gospel message and come to this gospel message, you don't have life. And this gospel message is a covenant. If you trust in my words, my covenant to you is your salvation. And I prove it to you by my death on the cross. This is the word of God. It's the same covenant this same steadfast love that will never fail, that is infinite, that I gave to David, I give to you. Behold, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander for the peoples. He's talking about Jesus Christ. The word of God was made of flesh. <clears throat> the word of God became flesh. In the beginning, in John, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. The Word was with God, and then the Word became flesh. <clears throat> Jesus, Him, was this Word of God, was made a witness to the peoples. Jesus was a witness to the Word, and He was a leader and a commander for the peoples. He's sovereign over the people. Not only is the Word of God sovereign, the Word of God leads us. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He's the witness. He's the leader. You have to follow the leader and walk his way, not your way. Verse 5, Behold, you shall call a nation that you don't know, and a nation that did not know you shall run to you, because the Lord your God and of the Holy One of Israel, for He has glorified you. So in other words, this word is going to call a nation that, that doesn't know you. In other words, this nation needs to hear the Word of God. The future people need to hear this Word of God. This nation that, that that doesn't have this word. A nation that did not know you shall run to you. And this could be the nation of the Gentiles that doesn't know you. This word of God is going out to all people. And all people will make up God's people, this new nation that God will form. The Holy One of Israel has glorified you. Because the Holy One of Israel has laid down your life, His life for a nation that doesn't even know Him. And for peoples even yet to be born who don't know Him. Seek the Lord while He may be found. Call upon Him while He is near. <clears throat> this is the gospel message also. That we need to seek out the gospel message. And we will find Him. You're seeking life. You're seeking joy. You're seeking spiritual growth and peace with God the Father. If you seek Him, you want to seek the Lord. That's the way to the Father in heaven. No one comes to the Father except through the Son. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. In other words... This word is supposed to go to the wicked and the unrighteous. Okay? That's where the word is supposed to go to. 
That's who needs to hear it. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he he will abundantly pardon. This is what the word of God is doing in man's hearts. It's calling men to repent so that God will have compassion and abundantly pardon. The price has already been paid. Water, wine, spiritual milk. Verse 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. This is the word of God. This is the gospel message. Something that you couldn't come up with yourself. Something that man didn't even appreciate, even though Jesus Christ was on earth. They didn't understand what Jesus was here for. This is God's way. This is God's way of working out man's salvation. For as the heavens, verse 9, are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God's purpose, God's plan, it's His will be done on earth as in heaven. Not man's way. Not man's wisdom. It's God's wisdom. God's word comes from God's wisdom. And God's word was made the flesh of Je- in flesh as a witness to that word in Jesus Christ. And God's message on the cross, God's power on the cross, God's way on the cross was the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. So putting Jesus Christ's death into action is the gospel message. The gospel message is still alive, just as Jesus' time on the cross is still active. It's active to save us now. Jesus' time on the cross continues. It is done. It is finished. It is completed. And what he has accomplished on the cross is the gospel. The gospel message is that way that allows us to accept what happened and be forgiven and find life, find joy, and find spiritual growth. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, verse 10, and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Just as the the rains come from above, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty. And other translations say, it shall not return void. So this is a promise that God's word does not return empty. It does not return void. The word comes down to us like rain. It doesn't go back up to heaven. It stays down and waters the earth. It lets things grow. It seeps in the soil and it blesses the earth. It does the purpose that God intends it to. And that's the Word of God. It's made to go and rain down on the earth, on us. And you may say, well, 
if somebody hears the gospel and rejects it or doesn't want it, you know, it was wasted. No, it return. It does the purpose that God said it was going to do. If somebody says, oh, I reject it, I don't believe it. Well, God didn't intend you to believe it. It does the purpose that God wants it to. So everybody needs to be exposed to this word of God. Because you may you may say to yourself, well, I don't know if that person should actually hear the gospel message of, or not. You know, in Romans, it said, you know, I am not ashamed of the gospel. We shouldn't be ashamed of the gospel. It's the word of God. And if somebody rejects it, they're not rejecting you. And God's word isn't even rejected. It doesn't return a void. God won't let himself be rejected. God didn't mean for that person to accept it. Or they can reject it, but it can do something in that person maybe years down the road. We can't measure the effect of the word of God in the moment. Because God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. You know? So we can't measure the effect or how relevant, quote-unquote, the Word of God is. You know? A lot of people are saying the Word of God really isn't relevant. That doesn't mean anything. It does the exact purpose by which it was intended to shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. God sends his word out to do a purpose and it does the purpose. It, the word of God affects every hearer in the exact way God wants it to. That just blows my mind. And that tells you right there how powerful the word of God is. For you shall go out in joy and be led in peace. The mountains and hills before you shall break forth into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. That's the Word of God. When the Word of God is spoken, even the heavens will rejoice. Because God's word is bringing God's grace and God's blessing. God's gospel message brings hope for the, for the whole creation. And as a sign of that, God's grace and God's joy. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle. And it shall be... And it, sh- and it shall make a name for the Lord, an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Okay? So it, the, the earth itself as a sign to honor the Word of God. The earth itself will be freed of all the thorns, of all the, the decay that happens to the fruit that God has made. The the creation itself will rejoice as a sign to the one who made it for what a blessing the Word of God is even on the earth. Everything on the earth. The Word of God is like the rain that comes down 
to bless the earth. It blesses the earth. It blesses all creation. It blesses man. What a marvelous study of the Word of God from the perspective of the Word of God. What the Word of God does to man. So we ask ourselves, are we thirsty for it? Do we want more of this life? And this life is given. The Word of God accomplishes the purpose that God wants it to. We need to listen to the Word of God. We need to turn back to the Word of God from our own Word. Why would we do anything else? Instead of listening to the Word of man or the Word of self, let's listen to the Word of God. So for me to all of you, I hope this was helpful. God bless you. Keep your heart centered on Christ. I'll turn the podcast over to my co-host, Matali, and I'll see you next time. Take care. Hello. So today's teaching begins at Isaiah chapter 55, verses 1 through to verse 13. And my main highlight today is... um. You know, the problem with mankind today is sin. Um, And we don't want to give up that sin today. And this keeps us and it keeps man, it keeps you and me from God today because of this particular sin that we actually are holding on to. And this um, is in Isaiah 55 verse 7. It says, Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts let him return to god and he will have mercy on him and to our god for he will abundantly pardon so if we give up our sin today as man and um you know god will pardon us because god has a lot of grace and god has a lot of mercy so here you know as we saw in um, Isaiah chapter 53, this looked at, um, we saw a picture of Christ. We saw the picture of the gospel. So we saw a savior that was dying for the sins, um, you know, of mankind. And now here in this particular verse, he, uh, we have God's gracious and global invitation to salvation. So, um, you know, the different chapters of um, Isaiah, they tell um, you know, they have, um, they give us information and they, and and they give us, you know, they shed different, um, stories. They tell different stories. Yes, actually that's the right word to use. So, um, in chapter 54, um, you know, it was confined to Israel. So they were given the first opportunity. Um, and this invitation now goes out to the world we see in this particular chapter. You know, the suffering savior in chapter 53 makes possible um, to a lost world in chapter 55. So in chapter 55, it's going to everybody. Um, in, 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 um, in chapter 54, it was going to... Um, they were giving the first opportunity. That doesn't mean, you know, they are on a higher plane than everybody else. You know, as Paul says in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. So now, um, you know, there was a new covenant, you know, first there was the Jews who, who, the, who received the gospel first, who were the chosen people, and then there was a new covenant in the New Testament, you know, the suffering Savior, whom Isaiah talks about in chapter 53, now came 
to redeem everybody. So the call, the invitation is for everybody. So verse 1, the chapter, um, um, verse 1 of, of, of this particular chapter, of chapter 55, it opens with a heart-rendering cry, which is the cry of God to everyone, um, to pause and consider God. So he wants every weak soul to behold his mighty bared arm of salvation. So um, the invitation of God is to go out to the world. So in the, the invitation is for everybody. And here, as Dr. J. McGee emphasized, to everybody, and everybody means everybody. So every strata, everyone who thirsts. So the scripture reads like so in verse 1. Ho, everybody who thirsts, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come, buy, and eat. Yes, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price so here the invitation you know is for everybody everyone who thirsts so those that thirst those who have been drinking um you know at the bars and cisterns of this earth um so in the invitation is for those who long to drink at the eternal springs of our lord jesus christ so you have to be thirsty you know it's not a need it's actually it has to be a want from you and me so you know if you are tired of this world and, um, you know, the pleasures of this world and it, what, what it has to offer. So this drink is a drink without money. You know, the drink that we have from today's, um, you know, systems of the earth, you know, costs money. I want a Coke. It's going to cost me money. I want a Fanta. It's going to cost me money. But this drink is without money. So in the, in chapter 53, he paid the price for us, um, so now come and buy and eat the bread of life. You know, that particular price that he paid for us is so that we can be saved and we can be redeemed. So there's three kinds of drinks that are mentioned here. Um, so here we see uh, water, wine, and milk. So here we see waters. Um, it says here... Um, Oh, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. So the waters here, it's a plural. So it speaks of abundance of, and, and it doesn't only speak of like the abundance and quantity. It also speaks of the quality of water. So water for the soul. You know, Christ said, if any man thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Um, so we know where the fountain is, this particular fountain of water, you know, um, where, you know, it's, 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 it's um, if you thirst, for um if, if if you shun and give up all the sins you know you head to the fountain you have to want to head to the fountain so you head to the fountain of life and this is christ and then wine here speaks of the drink of the soul so which is joy if we go to proverbs chapter 31 verse 6 it reads give strong drink to him who is perishing and wine to those who are heavy, bitter of heart. Let him drink and forget his poverty and remember his misery no more. So to those who are perishing, give them hard liquor, hard drinks. Those who don't want to give up their sins. But if you want that joy, the joy of the soul that you want to experience, um, this is the wine that's being talked about. And this is, you know, um, th this joy, we can only experience it if we have Christ in our hearts. So if we go to First uh, Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 6. Let me just quickly turn there. It reads, um, And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit. So here, joy is that which we can get 
from um which we can have when Christ is you know your and yours and my savior and becomes the master of our lives so let us acknowledge Christ in all we do like the previous um verses that we actually just had in verse um in chapter 54 you know it talked about acknowledging Christ in everything that we do you know let us uh, let Christ be the master of our lives. So the milk here that is being talked about, you know, milk is essential for growth and development. We all know that, you know, bodybuilding food, <clears throat> you know, especially for babies. You know, when, when the baby is just born, they depend on milk for growth. So, uh, so milk here is the word um, today. You know, it's God's word, the word uh, which is essential for spiritual growth. And um, this is um, stated in First Peter chapter 2, verse 22. Let me just quickly turn to First Peter. Okay, so First Peter chapter two verse two, which reads, um, "As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby." So you know, you know we, you know when you're new in spirit, you de we desire that milk, that spiritual milk, to actually grow spiritually. So here, these are the three drinks, the waters, the, the waters for, um, you know, that eternal thirst, um, the, the wine for the soul, for joy of the soul, and the milk for growth, for spiritual growth. That's what's being talked about here in scripture. So first two goes on to read, why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance so here um you know we have lots of people today including christians you know they spend a lot of money on worldly things that don't feed anybody you know um they don't feel that don't feed the soul um it's 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 not um you know something that's not bread you know the bread of life the word of god is um is bread so christians tend to put their money in what they think is bread but is not bread you know you spend all your efforts and energy in putting things and life into something that is not bread and you exclude god from your lives so you won't find pleasure in things of the world today you know solomon tried it you know it was he discovered it was all vanity after vanity um so you know Let's get to the table where, you know, you and I can get some good bread, milk, wine, and water. You know, the bread of life. Let us thirst our, 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 let us quench our thirst with, um, with the, the, the eternal waters. Let us grow spiritually with, with, with the, the milk, um, for our spiritual growth. Let us drink from the cup of wine. Um, and this is, um, from God's, from Christ's cup to actually experience that joy. Um, instead of waste our energy and our time on things that actually will not give or will not lead to eternal life. So here verse 3 goes on to read, Incline your ear and come to me here and your soul shall live and I will make an everlasting covenant with you and, and sure mercies of David. So here um, God was merciful to David and he will be merciful to you and to me today. You know, God picked David because this is a man who was full of error and mistakes. This is somebody we can relate to because as human beings, we sin and we stumble daily. And if God had mercy on David, you know, the sure mercies of David um, can be on us as well. So God could, if God could take David, he could take you and me. 
So God, you know, he was the physician. He came here for the sick. He didn't come here for the well or the healthy. Verse 4 goes on to read, Indeed, I have given him as a witness to the people, a leader and commander for the people. So the Lord Jesus Christ called a true witness for us today. Verse 5 goes on to read, Surely you shall call a nation uh, you do not know, a nation who um, do not know you shall run to. A nation, sorry, a nation who do not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God and the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. So, you know, Isaiah, you know, he didn't know a lot of nations um, that are in existence today, but, you know, they will run to the Lord um, and they will profess and confess that, you know, Christ is Lord. So now we reach the second division here, which is from um, verse 6. And this is the invitation into the ways of the Lord, the way of God and, um, and the way of man are put into contrast and conflict. So here verse 6 goes on to read, Seek the, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. So here, you know, you have that conflict and contrast um you know these arguments there's an objection that um you know the lord seeks man and um, but here it's saying you know seek the lord so um the call today um from a human aspect as dr jv mcgee put it um that it's um you know it's human responsibility by the sovereign purposes and election of god so if you go to god you you are still going to be elect so this is what this is talking about. It's not a matter of, oh, God is coming to seek me. You can go out and seek. It's, it's, it will still make you an elect of God. So moving on to chapter 7, it reads, Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. So here, you know, like I said, this was my main take today. So the problem with man today, the problem with us today is we do not want to let go of that sin. And this, that, and this, that sin is what keeps us up, away from God. It's what keeps us apart from God. So if, since we don't want to let go of that sin, so we are not thirsting for God. Um, and, 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 you know, we seek our own ways. Like if we go back to, um, Isaiah chapter 53, verse six, it says, all we like sheep have gone astray and have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid his, and laid on him the iniquity of us all. So, you know, we seek our own ways and, you know, you don't seek the way of the Lord and uh, it leads to death and destruction. So let us seek the ways of the Lord today. Let us not depend on our own understanding. Let us not be the foolish man um, who just depends on their own um, wisdom and their own understanding. So verse 8 goes on to read, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. So the gospel is not man-made. It came down from heaven. It's God's gospel. So, you know, man's thoughts and man's ways are not God's ways. So this gospel, though written by man, but it came from God, you know, the people who wrote it had the Holy Spirit in them and they got that message and, and they wrote that gospel. So it's, it's, it's God's word here in scripture today. You know, God was made wisdom unto us and scripture was given to us. So dropping down to, to verse 10, which is the third division, and this is the institution of the word of God. Um, you know, it reads, um, For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven 
and do not return there, but the water, but water the earth, and make it bring forth the bud, that it may give seeds to the sower and bread to the eater. So here, um, you know, this is um, the institution of the word of God. Sorry, the yeah, institution of the word of God. So verse 11 goes on to read, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. Um, it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the things for which I sent it. So here we see the prominence given to the word of God. God's word is very prominent. And, you know, um, God's word shall not return void. It shall um, accomplish what the Lord pleased it to accomplish. And it shall prosper in the things for which it was sent by God. So we see the prominence given to the word of God here. The gospel is um, only formed um, in the word of God. Um, and the salvation is, um, and salvation is a revelation of God. So the word of God is like rain. It comes down from heaven and it pours down here. And, you know, the gospel is, is not something that man thinks up or, um, God is asking us to do something. So man doesn't work up to God, but receives God's revelation, which comes down forth, um, you know, like the rain. So, um, the rain will cause the earth to become fruitful, you know, as we can see during the rainy season, you know, there's a lot of plants and fruits that are budding and God's word is also called, um, the seed. So the, you know, when the rain and seed get together, um, on earth and in the human heart, you know, something is going to happen. So if we accept the word of God in our hearts, we're going to bud, you know, like the seed open, like the flowers out there, like the crop out there. So verse 12 goes on to read, For you shall go out with joy and be led with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. So the rain causes the earth to respond with, you know, a green blanket of praise for the Lord. And someday the earth will actually respond with praise for the Creator. You know, in the millennial, oh, everyone will praise the Lord. Um, this is what's going to happen because, you know, the word of the Lord is like rain falling on a dry, arid land. And that land receives the word of God and, and, and it buds fruit. Um, so the word of God is like a seed, like rain and seed. And they meet together and they bud forth, you know, with a blanket of, of, of greenery here on earth. So verse 13 goes on to read, instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress tree and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree and it shall be the lord and it and it shall be and it shall be to the lord for a name for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off so you know this looks forward to the millennium you know, when Christ shall come, you know, after the tribulation and all, uh, you know, when the curse of sin is removed from earth and um, earth is redeemed, you know, when Christ died, he not only redeemed us, but he also redeemed, um, you know, he not only redeemed us, um, and he also redeemed the sin-cursed earth as well. So, you know, um, the word of God um, shall fall upon the earth and the earth shall praise them, you know, shall praise, shall praise his name. You know, the whole of earth shall praise his name. So it's up to us 
as 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 um you know as god's children to actually thirst and want his word and um you know it's up to us to let go of our sin in order to make god a part of our lives so um yeah this is today's teaching i hope you all enjoyed it as much as i did have a blessed tuesday god bless and bye-bye